This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre, joined by old friend, but she certainly isn't old, Rachel Semmel from the Center for Renewing America. Good to see you, Rachel. She'll be with us here in a moment for the Dace Group. Of course, you know the typical routine on a Friday. We'll get to your feedback a little bit later on on the program, and that's when we respond to your responses to us. But we kick things off in hour one, as we always do. Cue music. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, the absolute greatest protein bar of all time. You will not believe how good they are uh, right now if you're already beginning. This is normally the time of year when the resolutions, the resolve on those resolutions begins to wear off. And you realize I bit off more than I can chew, which is why I need New Year's resolutions. No, what you need is a life lifestyle change. And Built Bar can help you with that, especially if your Achilles heel, as is mine, is a prodigious sweet tooth loaded with protein, packed with flavor, all covered in real chocolate. So many great flavors to choose from that rival, if not exceed, a lot of the candy bars on the market. You won't believe it. Uh, how good these are. And they're not loaded with the carbs, the calories, and the grams of sugar that you're trying to avoid. So get involved right now with Built Bar. Make that connection. Go to Built.com. That's their website. Built.com for Built Bar and get 15% off with the promo code DACE when you do. 15% off with the promo code DACE at Built.com for Built Bar. Let us now get to issue one. Bleep, Lord Nefarious says. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alvin. Happy birthday to you. One area that had not been looked at before in any serious way was, could the donors be live donors? Because in the original study, it was, the conclusion was that they would have to be cadaver. This would be a live donation from a, a person who was assigned female at birth but identified as a transgender man. And they said, well, you know, I have these parts. I don't want them. You want them. You need them. So what if I gave them to you? How would that work? And apparently, based on their research, this is actually viable. Second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, we need to make sure that all students have access to these products. The Miss Universe organization from now on is going to be ran by women. You shop here, you need to take that shirt off. What is wrong with you? Again, sir, it is religious soliciting. There is no soliciting allowed on law property, which is private property. Nothing scares me more than any human being who says, I'm not doing this because of my religious beliefs. All right, don't tell me, don't, don't feed me the religious beliefs line. 
and all of a sudden the NHL is going to back off this. The National Hockey League today needs to find that organization a million dollars and reevaluate how they support gay rights. And Ivan Provorov can get on a plane any day he wants and go back to a place where he feels more comfortable, take less money, and get on with his life that way. If it's that problematic for him. And he's been in North America for a long time. He played in the Western Hockey League. He's now been in Philadelphia for many years. If this is that much of a problem for him to maybe assimilate into his group of teammates and in the community and here in this country, that's okay, listen, you can feel any way you want. But the beauty is, if it bothers you that much, there's always a chance to leave, go back where you feel more comfortable. I understand there's a conflict of sorts going on over there, maybe get involved. And I think the, uh, the sophistication of the private sector is, is improving and, and particularly important, the level of collaboration between the private sector and the government, especially the FBI, has, I think, uh, made significant strides. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we, select group of human beings, because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial. All right, let's get to it. Rachel, ladies first in the program. What was the best of the absolute worst that you just watched? Having hearing John Kerry talk about what touched him is something I could have done without this week. But uh, I think the response to everything going on with the hockey player to me was such a moment of clear. What are the elite saying versus where the people are? Because at the same time, you're hearing people say the very people who are saying let's fork more money over uh, to to stop the Russia, let's fork more money over to Ukraine to stop the war in Russia. Let's open our borders are saying. Go back to Russia, you bigot, if you don't like it. Meanwhile, his jersey's selling out online. The real people love it because they're like, he's one of us. I just felt like it was such a stark clair- a mo- moment of clarity on where the people are versus where the elites are. And it was actually kind of encouraging, to be honest, that so many people rallied behind him. Hmm. I'm disgusted that not a single one of the North American players on that roster showed any conviction to that at all. Only a Russian did. That's my response to it. Todd. Yeah, and that, in a way, is my worst of the week. All of those players you're talking about, they're, they're mall cop guy. Yeah. That's, that's my worst. Look at that Sodom and Gomorrah nonsense, wall to wall, again, for how many months on end. Yet there in the middle is mall cop guy. He should be superimposed into every other scene there, lecturing all those deviants and cowards and hacks that they're going to be dragged from their hair into the abyss. But no, he's there lecturing the guy with a Jesus t-shirt. That tells you all you need to know. And just like the hockey player Steve is talking about that won't stand up and say a damn thing. Listen, if we've lost hockey... Our list of allies grows thin, Aragorn, okay? But also in the mall. I know it's the Mall of America. I know it's Minneapolis. I know we don't have a lot of friends there. But no one passing by just like, you know, grow up, Skippy. I would I would be better off. As someone, remember, my former career, I covered sports professionally. One of them, hockey. Uh, 
been in a lot of locker rooms, know the subculture well. I, I haven't been, you know, in the elite sectors of our colleague Jason Whitlock. He's one of the only sports writers in American history to win AP columnist of the year. Okay, so he would know this, though, better than me. But I'm pretty confident, having had these conversations with Jason, he would concur with what I'm about to say. I would, I would be less disappointed, far less disappointed, and less uh, willing to confront this if I believed that the subcultures within these sports, and especially in their locker rooms, were just completely given over to this, like they were true believers in this. I can promise you that's not the case. And that's what disgusts me. What disgusts me is that these guys, for all their low BMI, for all their musculature, and for all their uh, gladiator appearances... Inside, in here where it counts the most, they're just a bunch of wimps who can't handle getting Twitter ratioed, who can't handle getting Twitter, Twitter mobbed, who don't want to put up with the nameless hockey writers or whoever the writers are in their sport and the things they say about them on these shows. They're just snowflakes. It's Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys, right, whose dad is a Marine. What do you mean we left guys behind in, uh, in Afghanistan? Then like an hour later, yeah, I, you know, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't understand all the facts. I spoke before I was truly informed. I mean, that, that's... That's, that's what to me is I find disgusting is I can promise you, you haven't lost these subcultures to this belief system. You've lost them to no balls, to no balls. And that these guys, that's why we have to, re- I keep talking about dudes and the dude code and the order of things. We need to restore the order of things. These guys are afraid of all the guys in high school that were rightfully afraid of them. The universe has been, the, the, the world's been turned on the axis here. This is not the way it is supposed to work, all right? The dweebs rule. The people you, that may, you may carry your equipment and swirling rule. And it's not because they just, you know, they, they lifted weights one day, hit puberty, and decided they weren't going to take it anymore. They said bad things about you. We can't survive like that. The, the meritocracy, the masculine-driven meritocracy, law of the jungle is gone. And you live in a community where when, somebody, when an old man's getting, or old woman's getting beat up in the street, no one jumps in and does anything except they grab their phones and film it. Mm-hmm. And the irony is professional sports and college sports is responsible for a lot of it. it a is- lot of it. I agree. Aaron, go ahead. The dude who now runs and owns the Miss Universe uh, contestant or pageant, that's just... And then getting up there and sounding like Edna or Edna Mode from The Incredibles. Uh, the, the, the Miss Universe is going to be run by women. Uh, meanwhile, he's got you know something dangling between his legs. It, it's just preposterous, perfect in, encapsulation of, of transgender madness. Yes, but now you wonder, you know, we had a woman here. Is there a chick code? Yeah. We played that video earlier this week. And you see women in the audience stand up and applaud. Give a standing ovation to that. What do you do with that? I think, most, I think most women who see really skinny women coming out wielding swords uh, don't don't support them. I'll tell you, anybody who looks better in a, in a bikini, I'm not going to be watching them to begin with. But there was a lot. There was a lot about that Miss Universe. You, Miss Ukraine coming out with Miss Russia. Yeah, I know. Exit question on a scale of one to ten, with one being how legit the Minnesota Vikings 13 wins were this season. And 10 being how legit are Lindsey Graham's hopes of one day taking on 13 Vikings. Rate this week's level of total depravity, Todd. 10. Aaron? Uh, 15 extra points for uh, extra effort into the scale there. Thank you. Rachel? 
10. Let's get to issue two. Is this the most disgusting story we've ever covered? You may remember last summer the story of the Atlanta area LGBTQ activists who were arrested and charged with the production and distribution of child pornography featuring their own adopted sons. Now, thanks to reporting from Mia Cathal at Town Hall, we know the whole story is much, much worse. The following is a video put together by Town Hall featuring audio recordings of jailhouse calls from William and Zach Zulock, the homosexual pair at the center of the case. They come in blazing with um, AK-47s or whatever. Um, how many people was it? 10, 15, a lot. They were doing like a, a drug bust or something. Yeah, you can tell in that mugshot that he has a big bruise on the left side of his face. Yeah, so they slammed him against the floor in the foyer. He had bruises on his wow. knees, his face. A months-long town hall investigation reveals disturbing new details about the affluent LGBT activist couple accused of sodomizing their young adopted sons, now aged 9 and 11, and distributing homemade child pornography of the sexual abuse. The adoptive fathers, 33-year-old William Dale Zulock Jr. and 35-year-old Zachary Jacoby Zulock, were arrested overnight on July 27, 2022. A family member concerned about the well-being of the children shared their recorded jailhouse calls exclusively with Town Hall. They slammed yeah. him on the floor, and um, I hate to say this, but I, I don't sleep in clothes, so they arrested me in the, my bed naked put me in a cruiser with no clothes. I sat in the back of that cruiser from 11.30 to about 4 a.m. naked in the back seat of that cruiser while they searched our house for God knows what. Not only did the men allegedly rape the two brothers who were adopted through a Christian special needs adoption agency, they were pimping out their children to nearby pedophiles in Atlanta area suburbs. They seized the house, everything inside of it, not all of our cars on the property. The 17-count indictment charges the Zulock co-defendants with soliciting 27-year-old Hunter Clay Lawless and 25-year-old Luis Armando Vicaro Sanchez to perform an act of prostitution with their adopted child. I think they, they took our house because they think there was extra money coming in from somewhere. And we're like in our 30s and we have this big giant house and they didn't think we could afford it. Lawless, who snitched on the Zulocks, told local law enforcement he received numerous messages via Snapchat from Zachary about bleeping his son tonight and to stand by for images and videos of the adoptive father sexually abusing the boy. Can I ask you, does this guy know you at all or some random thing he's just trying to, you know, write somebody? That I mean, can I see that, or...? Um, so last time he was here, I told him something, and it's... I, I told you, the last time he was here, I told him something. I wrote and wrote and wrote and down something, gave it to him. Um, it's something around those lines, but more. Me and Zach worked our butts off for everything we've had. Zachary admitted to sending the child pornography to, quote, less than a dozen people. And they called me out front again for fingerprints and I saw uh, the new charges that they're putting against, I'm assuming both of us. There's 17 charges. 
At the bond hearing, the judge presiding over the case mentioned the prosecution possibly proceeding forward under the child sex trafficking statute of the Racketeering Influenced and Corrupt Organizations or RICO Act. I mean, are you worried about the boys? Of where they are? Or I mean, yeah, but I can't talk. I definitely can't talk about that. Our business is our business, the couple allegedly told their sons. What happens in our home stays in our home. I don't want to say it, but brace yourself for the truth, okay? Just don't give up on us. You talk to Zach, tell him I still love him. I can't cry right now around other people. I just need somebody who doesn't hate us. The Zulocks have been indicted by a grand jury on charges of incest, aggravated sodomy, aggravated child molestation, felony sexual exploitation of children, and felony prostitution of a minor. Each of the co-defendants is facing over nine life sentences. They have pleaded not guilty. Both the boys were rescued in the midnight raid on the Zulock mansion, and they're back in foster care. Again, that's reporting by Mia Cathal at Town Hall. This is the first time in my career, and I will tell you that the video that you saw is the most sanitized version of this story. And it's the first time I've seen that video. I, I actually sat down to, they just released the third part of the story. I, I sat down to read the first part earlier this week. I, I think everybody who knows me or has spent 10 minutes consuming this show knows I am no shrinking violet. I have been criticized frequently by Christians, sometimes even legitimately, for being too edgy, given my faith. And I just executive produced a gritty, dark movie about demonic possession that takes place on death row. I am not faint of heart. Fair? Right. Not. I will tell you, reading Mia's actual story, it is the first time in my career I had to tap out. I got about two-thirds of the way through, and I, 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 I couldn't ingest any more of this. It is so vile. It is so revolting. Disgusting isn't good enough. Um, the level of anger that, that arose reading, reading through this, and, and just the vomitous bile that rises in your throat in response... I think this is maybe the most disgusting story I've ever seen. And of course it was, of course it was, of course it was facilitated by a <clears throat> Christian adoption agency. Of course it was. That's the least surprising angle in the damn story. Is this among the most disgusting stories you've ever seen? Notice this one also just disappeared off the map, too, once more was known about the couple. Is this among the most disgusting stories you've, even seen, you've ever seen, even considering how debauched the times in which we live are? Aaron, I'll go to you first. I had a similar reaction reading that. I had seen the video and the story floating around, but I, I didn't read it until I got home on Monday or Tuesday night. I mean, these boys, 9 and 11 years old, after some of these acts, they were injured. Like, you're just speechless. How could we ever think anybody, how could anybody ever think 
that this thing, this fake thing called uh, homosexuality being mainstreamed, gay marriage, which is not marriage at all, being mainstreamed could result in anything other than this. There's a huge tell as well in some of the reaction that you see. Matt Walsh at the Daily Wire, in reaction to this story, pointed out how could, and this is why no one in their right mind should ever allow men, single men at that, because that's what they really are. They're not actually married. They're just two single men. But let's just be honest about that. There's no such thing as a gay marriage. They, not, they don't have a husband. Neither of these men have a husband. In reaction to this story, Matt said, this is never a good idea to let single men watch children, babysit children. And in response to that, this, one of these gay conservatives, gay libertarians, he's just a little pissant is what he is, named Brad Palumbo. I don't even know where, he, where he's writing at. Came back at him and he said, why it's just vomit, it's blood libel, he said, to link homosexuality with this terrible story. Matt never said anything about gay men. He just said men in general. That's a huge tell right there. That's a huge tell. Hmm. And I think... When you throw a rock into the pack of dogs, brother, the one that yelps is the one you hit, right? And, and I think everyone, just like everyone, just like everyone who's too afraid to say something about uh, transgenderism, knows deep down it's just... It's, it's mental illness. Everybody deep down... Everybody deep down, as, as mainstreamed as it has become, knows that homosexuality is a perversion. Taken to its logical conclusion, will result in violence like this. And yes, I said that. It is a perversion. Unchecked perversion leads to this type of behavior. Does that mean every time? No. But unchecked eventually Slippery slope, guys, only undefeated argument. Eventually it leads to stuff like this. Todd. Uh, sadly, no, it's not, Steve. Um, recently, there's been a map going around about how many uh, sexual um, carve-up kids clinics there existed just 10 years ago versus now, and there's like one dot on the map 10 years ago. One lone island yeah. of Dr. Moreau, and now it's a franchise. And, and now it's everywhere. What? There's no difference. I've been I've been warning about this forever. Why do you think just in little exurb Carlisle, Iowa, I've got two cease and desist letters from lawyers and cops following me around when I step on campus for a soccer banquet because I point this stuff out? How dare you point this stuff out? It is such an offense to them to have reality uh, pointed out to them. Just like with these two in jail. Listen to them. They're the victims. Listen to the pathology. Yeah. They, we all sat around and clapped like seals and normalized them. So now they're in there and in their insanity, they're like, please don't forget about us. They have no idea. They have no idea. There's a lot of bad guys out there, but it's not them. How are we supposed to know? Because everybody else around them... You've been carving people up, telling us it's okay. It didn't matter what age. You spent 60 years yes. uh, killing them and dismembering yes. them before they were even born. What? If you're telling, if you're saying you can be trans from birth, if you're cutting genitals off when you're seven years old, 
How were they supposed to know this was wrong? So, of course, this isn't the most disgusting I've ever seen. I've been seeing disgusting forever and pointing it out, and I'm the one who's getting the cease and desist letters. Rachel. I think when we read stories like this, at least I do, I think I jump into action mode in my type A, and I'm like, how can we have seen this? How could this have stopped? How can we keep this from happening again? Mm -hmm. And Steve, you started talking about it from the very top. It was a Christian adoption agency. And not only was it a Christian adoption agency, they knew about one yeah. of the men. I forget which one it was. They knew about his yeah, uh, that's felony in the story. child. Yep. Yeah. And so then my mind then goes to, I had never heard of all of God's children before the adoption agency. But what I have heard of is Bethany Christian Services, mm -hmm. who now allow gay marriages and the whole Christian adoption, evangelical, some Catholic adoption agency world, almost all of them now are allowing gay marriage. And so my mind goes into not how can we just stop this again, but is anybody going to start calling out Bethany? Is anybody going to call Bethany services right now and say, hey, you're bigger than these guys. What are you doing to make sure this never happens again? And oh, by the way, have you had a change of heart to allow two men who aren't married to have little boys? And so I think I just started getting really angry and I started Googling every single one of these Christian adoption agencies to see what their policy was. And I've been talking to reporters start calling these people up and saying how are you going to make sure this doesn't happen again because that was what ticked me off the most prepare for a cease and desist letter rachel yeah. what standard would inform us that what they did is wrong all the standards what standard that society is willing at this point in oh, time yeah. to acknowledge would inform yeah. us that this is wrong we set a 60-year a precedent of, that it was okay to murder children before they were born. And that, that still exists in much of the country, even after the fall of Roe versus Wade. We are, as you pointed out, Todd, setting a standard right now that um, dismembering children, castrating them, binding their chests, mutilating them, that that is okay. I mean, it, it literally has proliferated into um, a, a, a political force so quickly that even those who are on the cutting edge at the avant-garde of the rainbow jihad like Andrew Sullivan are now attempting like Pontius Pilate to wash their hands of the matter like they themselves had nothing to do with giving birth to all of this with what they were advocating for 30 or 40 years ago, right? So I ask again, by what standard? Where would we go to be told that this is wrong? Where would we go? The children, there are, there are psychiatric, they're already saying in, in aspects of the academic and psychiatric community that children, when they are sexually molested, assaulted, as we would say, um, their bodies already provide for the involuntary response to sexual activity. So that clearly shows that they're aroused, that they're not turned off by it, that they're, they're not disgusted or revolted and harmed by it. They're natural evolved bodies of homo sapien react thusly. So what's wrong with it? What's the standard here? By what standard would we condemn this? Pederasty has been practiced going back to ancient times. So by what standard? We... We nominated for every major award a film called Call Me By Your Na Call Me By My Name or Your Name was that the name of the movie I ever Something called? Something like that. About a college professor who grooms a young man in pederasty. By the way, the guy that, the guy that starred in that film, by the way, has been blacklisted from Hollywood for abuse of women. Arnie Hammer. 
But again, I, given all the precedents that have been set, given how this, these two men were incentivized, legitimized, and rewarded, why would they not do this? Yeah. Why would they not? And that's what they think. They were given the children by a Christian adoption agency. There was no watchman on the wall. No one said what is wrong, what is right. In those days, Israel had no king. So everyone did what was wise in their own eyes. By what standard would we say this was wrong? There's only one. Only one. The problem is, we're not willing to uphold that because it would force us to confront things in our own homes and in our own ranks that we don't want to have to confront. We're too busy hunting down hockey players right now, Steve. So we're going to find the most disgusting, revolting acts like this and make a point out of it when really they're just the most disgusting and revolting applications of that which we've already accepted. Exit question. Sorry, I clicked so many buttons watching that nervously getting disgusted. Let me go back to my screen. Is a society that no longer incentivizes or singularly endorses the traditional nuclear family capable of also successfully prosecuting and stopping this level of depravity? Aaron. Hell no. Todd. Of course not. You're insane if you think otherwise. Rachel. Yeah, not a chance. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to try to do. That's exactly what we're going to try to do. I mean, if I, if I were their defense attorney, I would just simply say, by what standard? I know that's your law, but clearly you don't intend, you don't, that may be the law, but you, you're not serious about that law. Right. And you're not by, serious about it. And oh, by the way, I'm not certain of this because I don't, do you think, has this story been run on the nightly news? No, no. there was a total so blackout what, yeah, after the story Yeah, what percentage emerged. of America actually knows, Even knows this about happened? This. It took me, fi- I'm, I'm dead serious, researching the story as it broke in, in August, I think it was, of, of last year. It took me a good five minutes on Google to finally find the story. You're all complicit. All of us. We'll come back. The return of the World Economic Forum. We will go to Davos when we do next. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So what if you wake up tomorrow only to find out we have now Let's Go Brandon the food supply like we've Let's Go Brandon so many other things. Make sure that doesn't happen to you. Make sure you are prepared for the next time. That could never happen here. Ends up happening here. Head over to our friends over at My Patriot Supply right now. Save $200 on their three-month emergency food kit uh, from the nation's largest food preparedness company. It includes uh, breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, even snacks, the full complement of 2,000-plus calories that you need each day for up to three months. You can save up to 200 bucks on a kit for each member of your household. So that's just not savings on the whole bill. That's savings on each kit that you get. 
and they stay good for up to 25 years with proper storage as well. Oh, and we're going to throw free shipping in for you as well. You can't beat it. All right, so go to preparewithdace.com, preparewithdace, preparewithdace.com, save $200 per kit and get free shipping from My Patriot Supply at preparewithdace.com. Let's welcome back Rachel Semmel from the Center for Renewing America as we continue on with our weekly look at the week that was. Let's go to issue three, return of the WEF. The following is some of the highlights or lowlights from this week's annual meeting of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. My daughter, 24, inspired me and said, Dad, how can you advocate for these zero carbon value chains if you still eat meat? And so I stopped eating meat. Now the math would say, well, you need to stop eating meat uh, 11 years to compensate for a flight to Thailand. Yes, but if a billion people stop eating meat, I tell you it has a big impact. And I think the, uh, the sophistication of the private sector is, is improving and, and particularly important, the level of collaboration between the private sector and the government, especially the FBI, has, I think, uh, made significant strides. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we, select group of human beings, because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial. The troposphere, uh, and it's only five to seven kilometers thick. That's what we're using as an open sewer. If you could drive a car straight up in the air at interstate highway speeds, you'd get to the top of that blue line in five minutes. And all the greenhouse gas pollution would be below you. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs. Let's get to the first question here. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. Pro-life champion, hero of the COVID resistance. Those two things are true, right? They're absolutely true. He, he, he signed landmark pro-life legislation in opposition to Disney. That happened. Is that not true? True. True. Okay. He stood firm when many Republicans have folded to those kinds of corporate interests most of our lives, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, reopened aggressively his state when the Atlantic said it was an exercise in human sacrifice and he was getting criticized by his own Republican president at the time. That, that happened. That, that, that's true, right? Same guy, right? Yeah. Okay. That same guy went to woo the World Economic Forum this week. But transhumanist Elon Musk, uh, he refused to go, claiming it's an unelected global government that nobody wants. What in the hell is happening here? What is this? Rachel, I begin with you. I always like to watch what's coming out of the World Economic Forum, because I like to, as, as you know, I view everything with an eschatological lens. So I always like to see, like, which way are they going to off us first? And it's hard to tell if it's going to be, like, through the MNR, you know, it's through a vaccine, or is it now 10 billion people not eating meat? It's, I'm very confused. Like, I don't know where... I'm trying to t- trying to figure out what angle it's coming from. They're coming from all angles. But here are the two takeaways that I have, because I've watched a lot of the, the World Economic Forum. Here are the two takeaways that I've had from here. I know you guys have talked a lot on the show this week about Brian Kemp. The first one is 
how do you get invited to the World Economic Forum, and why do you, Congressman Mike Gallagher, who is in charge of the possibly fake China sub Oversight Subcommittee, get an invite, say yes, and then only say no after Emerald Robinson calls you out on it. I want to know how he got an invite, why he thought it was cool to say yes. Now they're all saying, oh, I, I needed to go over there to tell them how you know Georgia's doing with our um, jobs numbers or whatever. The, the fact that you are so off base and you're going to be running point for House Republicans on beating China and nothing crossed your mind about how the base may not respond well to me going into these den of thieves, that was bizarre. The second and final thing I'll say, which was it was a very full circle moment for me because I grew up politically of age in the Bush Blair era where they were the good guys. Mm -hmm. And hearing Tony Blair just very explicitly say, everybody needs to be in a database. Yeah. Just uh, if you have explicitly installing the mark of the beast. Yes, just expli yeah, oh, explicitly. Yes. 2004, Rachel would have just never been <laughs> believed that. But. Preach. Here we are. I mean, I, dude, 2020, Steve Dace wouldn't have believed. Brian Kemp went to go schmooze Klaus Schwab while transhumanist Elon Musk says that's an unelected gl shadowy global government nobody wants. <laughs> I mean, okay, here we are. Todd, your thoughts. Uh, we've seen this story before. This is just uh, another Tower of Babel. Ostensibly, the original one was actually about uh, getting to the things of God. Clearly misguided, misjudged, wouldn't listen to the ways that they were told of how you do it. They wanted to do it uh, their own way. Uh, we've uh, There's a uh, certain nefariousness uh, to all of that, uh, but nefarious knew who God uh, was, and uh, those people did too. But the, this is the godless Tower of Babel. They're building their tower. Uh, look at all of its parts. Look at its Tetris shape. The number, the, the, the absurd math of this is how many uh, cows you have to not eat in Al order Gore to... Al Gore is building it all the way up to the troposphere yes, or something. In order to yes. justify taking this plane to this place where we all get around in a circle and jerk each other. That It's just a Tower of Babel. There is nothing new under the sun. Aaron. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a great analogy, Todd. Mm -hmm. And I, I think um, for, for for Brian Kemp, like, why, bro? I mean, you're, let's say you're going there to show them how it's done. They don't care. Let's say you're going there to pitch them. Nothing that they want to do would benefit your state in any meaningful way. Unless it was a virtue signal. Like, there's no point. There's no point for you being over there. Unless you're, like, some doing some sort of clandestine mission to out or <clears throat> off some of these people. But I don't think that happened. I haven't heard of anything like that happening. I don't think that's... I, I, I just don't... I just don't understand why you would do it unless, unless you're just that out of touch. But he's done things that we like a lot. And not folded. So you have to know to some degree he's not that far out of touch. I just don't. These types of things, you know how you just like, th there are scenarios, Steve, where people are like screwing up and you just have to fix it. Yes. It's kind of like that frustration. Yes. It's like, why? Just why? That's why, I, why? This is like the third time I brought it up this week. I need, I need to know. I just, I need to know. Is it just that he just thinks that there is some deal to be struck with people like this. There's some means to do it that you just. 
Why, why would you do this? Listen, just like I said, how many people have seen that heinous video across the country about uh, what we just watched? I, it, listen, how many? How how attached were the three of us, the four of us, excuse me, to the goings on of the WEF ten years ago, even five years ago? Probably thought like, uh, definitely not my cup of tea. I, I think he's definitely that guy in many ways has learned no lessons from Georgia, things that are going on internationally, COVID in, within his own backyard with uh, this ridiculous uh, Senate elections. I think this is a guy who we've come to understand he's just desperate to get back to normal. That's a disease. Hmm. That's a cancer. You don't want to go back to normal. Normal is what got us here. But I think he's that guy. And let's face it, they're legion on the side with the R's as well as the other side. Like pre-COVID, I first of all, pre-COVID, I didn't even follow groups like this very much. Yeah, you're vaguely yeah, aware yeah. of that. And, I, you know, pre-COVID, Trump went and spoke there and basically just said, I'm just going to I'm going to be America first. Screw you. OK, so that was cool. Post-COVID, though. Where they 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 literally came out three seconds after the Imperial College survey shut the world down with yeah. the Great Reset yeah. book. Post COVID, how would anybody think that it's a good idea to go there and fet and 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 schmooze those people? How would anybody right now think it's a good idea? Especially to take, the guy who was on the front lines of reopening during COVID. How would anybody think it's a good idea to take the booster now, Steve? But they're still encouraging it, and people are racing. It's the same disease. They've learned that. This did not wake up people. It should have, but it, not enough of them. It just didn't. Exit question, and this is for Rachel. Is the World Economic Forum a forerunner to end times fulfillment or just the latest and most blatant gathering of Malthusian ethicists, eugenicists, elitists, like we've seen several iterations of over the last 150 years, the Thomas Dewey crowd, the Horace Mann crowd, right? I mean, we've just, we've seen this how many times over basically in a post-Darwinian descent of man world, the, you know, I mean, the, the Woodrow Wilson crowd, this has been done before, all right? So is this just the latest and most modern updated iteration of this? Or is it something more, Todd? Well, we, I just read the first sentence. Is the WF a forerunner to end, end times fulfillment? My answer is God, I hope so. Because if not, now when? True. I've never understood the idea of not looking forward to the end times. I've told, we've had that conversation a million times. Like that's, that's, my, that's one of my biggest arguments against the whole pre-mill argument. Y'all are freaked out that this might be the end times. I'm like, isn't that what we want? We don't. We don't want Jesus coming back. I mean, I kind of thought that's, you know, I thought that was kind of what we were looking forward to here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Aaron? Uh, my answer is yes. I, I think... You think it could be both simultaneously? I think it could be both simultaneously. Okay. Rachel, what say you? It's such a layup for me, Steve. I, you can't <laughs> pump this 80s girl full of left-behind books and <laughs> the sun has come and you've been left-behind songs and expect me to think this is anything other than the end times. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. Well, this then, here. Then, here. Then, then you know what? Then you recognize that Musk just pulled the Carpathia move, right? In the left-behind books, he puts out the World Economic Forum crowd, lets them take, take front and center, and then he turns on them and makes it look like they're the ones that did all of this and he comes riding in on the white horse against the against the global establishment right that that happens that's his first play in the left behind books and you just saw musk make that play right rachel is like the rosie the riveter of the end times we can do it yes <laughs> I'll, uh, 
My parents could have given me Encyclopedia Brown books. They could have given me, nope, I read all the Left Behind books, and boy, <laughs> have I been writing in my diary since 2000. But here's one thing I will say, I'll, I'll leave on, on this spot for the, for the end of the topic, is that I think this can, people can watch what happened this week and be really sad and angry. But to your point, there is a reason why we should be eagerly awaiting his appearance. And I don't think it's just because we love him, we want Jesus to come back, which we should. I think it's going to get really bad here. And that's why we're eagerly awaiting. So mm -hmm. if this is not the end times and it's going to get worse than here, oh, my heavens, I'm, t I'm with Preach, Todd. I hope this yeah, is that's it. what I've been saying. I mean, I, we, you hope it's the end times. If it's not, we're talking about a return to the dark ages, yeah. just a technocratic variety. All right, so let's get to the kicker topic quickly. If you were invited to speak to the World Economic Forum and were told no topic is off limits, what would you speak to them about? Quickly, Rachel, go. I would read Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, the letter to the exiles, where he's like, you guys are in a really crappy place, but you know what you need to do? Build houses with gas stoves, have a bunch of kids, make a garden, eat the vegetables, and don't listen to any of the liars, and you're going to have peace, and you're going to just live really happily. I would say that to all of them. Listen, you guys can try to ruin my life, but I'm going to start canning this year, and I'm going to keep going on the Steve Day show, and I'm going to not do anything you guys tell me to do. The amount of single men that are going to be emailing me, Rachel, after this appearance. Prayer, thoughts canning, and prayers. What's that? It was the canning, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was really just the whole thing. It was really just the whole thing. But thoughts and prayers to my inbox. All right, Aaron, go ahead. I would, uh, I would find the text of sinners in the hands of an angry God. There and we just go. Read that. Bring it. Make it rain. That way, they are completely little old time religion without excuse. Todd, show of hands, guys. How many of you were at Epstein Island? <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. That's a good one, too. All right, let's get to predictions. Aaron, go. It's five out of six last week in NFL picks. Uh, I'm kind of going shocky this week. I'm going to go um, uh, 40, uh, Chiefs, 49ers, uh, Bengals, and Eagles. Bengals, huh? Yeah. There you go. All right. Todd. Just saw this morning three Marines uh, were arrested for being at the Capitol with a MAGA hat, and basically that's it. On uh, January 6th, they're... Mark my words, there are going to be more arrests regarding January 6th from this point on until the end of Biden's term than there were already. They're going to ramp this thing up. This is the one of the, this is a plank in their reelection campaign, whether it's Biden or somebody else. Rachel, I could see that. Rachel. Yeah. On a lighter note, I know you guys are all talking about the NFL, and I will definitely be watching all the games this weekend. But I have my my heart and my hopes set on March Madness. Obviously, Purdue uh, is top in the country, well, number three, but we're going to be number one. And my prediction is Purdue will be in the national championship, and I'm going to be an absolutely insufferable human being until that happens. <laughs> one of the most bizarre things in sports uh, to me is – Purdue, for all of its basketball excellence, most of my life, I mean, they actually have more Big Ten championships than any other program. I think people think it's Indiana or maybe Michigan or Michigan State with the Tom Izzo run. It's actually uh -huh. Purdue. And they have not been to a Final Four since you and I were, you know, in first or second grade. 1980 was the last time. For all those great teams, they have not been to a Final Four since 1980. That's just yeah. such a weird... The, a weird thing to me. The Dick Bennett Badgers in 2000 kept them away. That was the Elite yeah. Eight matchup. Yeah. My prediction is you are finally going to see the trailer for, Nefari for Nefarious within the next 30 days. Nice. That is my prediction. You will see the trailer for Nefarious within, the, within about 30 days. It'll be done in the next 30 days. You'll see it released would be my guess. So what's today? July or January? Which was July? January 20th. Yep. Right. So, yeah. That'd be pretty close to 
when we're planning on releasing it. So make it so. It's we're, we are had a big call yesterday with the uh, people that are producing our trailer and going over a lot of things. So I can't wait to show you guys our poster. Is man. that normal that you, somebody out somebody not who didn't cut the movie actually makes the trailer? Is that traditional? It, it can, yeah. Yeah, like a, well, I was going to tell you one story I can't tell you yet, but there's another trailer company that we talked to. I'll tell you more about that here soon. But like they did like Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. and a lot of blockbusters, right? And the company that's doing ours has done a lot of movies that you would know too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can't wait to show you guys the poster. That's going to be pretty soon. Man, we have a killer poster. It's going to be hanging be hanging behind Todd here pretty soon. Uh, I think it might also be within the next 30 days. Cool. Yep. Rachel, good to see you as always. All right, take care. Have a great weekend. Look for some email forwards from me coming your way. (laughs) All right, we'll come back. Dearest Rachel. Yes. Uh, Feedback Friday is next. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. You are listening to the Steve Day Show. I am he. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. You are you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then look for me at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social as well. And again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. Uh, if you are a podcast listener to the show, thank you. Please, if you've yet to do this, we would beg of you, leave us a five-star review if you like the show, and hit subscribe or follow. And we want to personally and enthusiastically thank all of you that have done those things for us already. You're a big part of our show's continued existence, and we really mean that. And so really want to say thank you. They'd never take away a medication you need when you most need it and let you die because of that, right? Except for the time that they just did. Did you watch the interview we did with Dr. Harvey Risch from Yale yesterday? Maybe the most academically cited epidemiologist in American history. I mean, I, 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 put it, I pinned him down. I'm like, you understand what you are saying, Harvey. Is that they specifically took and, and coordinated to take hydroxychloroquine off the market. Because they were willing to suffer a certain amount of casualties in order to create a market for their experimental vaccine technology. And I said, hey, hey, I believe that. But that's one thing for barely made it out of community college, dude wearing a hoodie to work, Steve Dace on a podcast to say. It's another thing for the inestimable, uh, venerable professor emeritus of the Yale School of Public Health to say it, right? A bit. What did he say? That. That you said, <laughs> well, he said it's smarter, okay? But he basically said, but yeah, that's what they did. That's why you want to talk to our friends at Jace Medical, because if they did it once, <laughs> the hard thing is pulling it off is daring to do it once, right? It's always easier to do it again and again. So talk to our friends at Jace Medical. Get prepared with venerable antibiotics 
including some that are currently having supply chain issues like amoxicillin. That's part of the Jace case as well. Jace Medical, J as in jump at this right now, please. J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical.com. Get the Jace case of venerable antibiotics so you know your family's prepared for the next time they frankly just try to kill you. Uh, you can also get $10 off your purchase today with the promo code DACE10. $10 off your purchase today, promo code DACE10 at jacemedical.com. All right, are we ready for some feedback Friday? Absolutely. Let's let it rip. Let's start with Clayton. Clayton writes, my wife has never had a good relationship with her dad. He married her stepmom and took in her son and forgot about my wife and her sister. I've always thought about her when you tell stories about your upbringing, although she didn't have, have it as bad. I asked her last Thursday if she would listen to your Theology Thursday segment, segment and man, it hit home with her. Your words about just being thankful for being here, but still wanting justice resonated with her, and I saw a weight lifted from her shoulders. She grew up going to church, but not really in church, and I've been trying to show her what church really is, and you helped her to see what it's like to be loved by our Heavenly Father. Thank you, and God bless you. Again, that is from Clayton. And Clayton is responding to our first Theology Thursday of the year when we got into the question of, what does it truly mean to honor your father and mother, even if they were abusive to you? And I just uh, spoke from the heart and incorporated some of my own story. Um, And ultimately, ultimately, what is the number one thing we want our show to accomplish? Do we want it to resonate, to be popular? Well, sure, because we want to reach the broadest audience that we can. Do we want to make a good living? Yeah, and I don't apologize for that in any way, shape, or form. Doing this for a living does put stress on families. Even if you are as militant about being involved with them and not letting this overtake that time as the three of us are, it is still, and, and, and it'll, be a, it'll be in a few years, Ben McIntyre is going to realize this. The Urs and children have already realized this. The Dace children have all realized this. Carrying the name... You can insulate him and let him have as normal of a childhood as you want, but carrying the name means at some point they're going to run into people who probably love their old man more than maybe they should because of what he stands for and hate their old man maybe more than they should because of what he stands for. It's not, it's not, that's not easy. It's not, it's not easy just being Glenn Beck's kid, no matter how cool your dad is or Steve Dace's kid. Or anybody's. You know, it's not when we do this business. So it, it certainly helps when they get to reap some of the rewards of being good at this business too, right? It, it, it's, it makes a, a, a spoonful of sugar, like being able to take a winter vacation last year when I took the family for a winter Florida getaway to Universal Studios. Those kinds of spoonfuls of sugar helps the medicine go down of what it's like carrying that name with you every, every other day of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So no, I don't apologize um, for desiring to make a good living. That's, those are all things we want to be true. Do we want to have political relevance and impact? Sure. But do we want to win the culture war? Absolutely. But right now, you you can't win 
a culture war without more more saints than sinners. More people who are reconciled to their heavenly father rather than estranged. And so it Clayton is it's responses like this from people like you. That's the number one reason why we do this and we do it the way that we do. Number one, those other things can be important, but they are of secondary importance. So you have honored us by taking the time to send us this note. And uh, we wanted to say thank you and just praise God that we get the opportunity to positively impact people like families like yours. This note is not as cheery. And it is one that I have received way too often. Way too often. Catherine Anderson writes, My beautiful, kind, pure-of-heart son Johnny died suddenly in September. I still have no answer from the coroner that makes any sense. I do not have the jab, neither does my husband or our youngest son, but Johnny was married. He had a three-year-old daughter and a son on the way in March that was scheduled to be born on his birthday. His wife was jabbed, and her parents, who are doctors, were also jabbed. I don't know if he was or not, but given the situation, probably, I just don't understand what happened. If he wasn't jabbed, could he have gotten some of the spiked protein in the lipid nanoparticles from his wife? They say my son had enlarged ventricles. I'm so very confused, but I have great faith that I know where my son is. And that he is more alive now than any of us. My younger son's swim coach died three months after her second Moderna shot, which, which rendered her a vegetable after an aneurysm. My best friend's sister died six months after her second shot. She was, sent, so she, uh, she was also sent to the nursing home as the strokes after the shot left her unable to care for herself anymore. Please get the word out. Do what you can to stop them from jabbing the kiddos. Like Johnny's children, whose mom and grandparents believe in the shot. Again, that is from Katherine Anderson. I have received notes like this way too often. They come to me daily. We have a show that iTunes ranks as like, yeah, what would you say, like a top 70 kind of show? Yeah. In there. Pretty good size audience. Yeah. But the the volume of these I receive is a top 70 show. What do you think people who have top, how many of these do you think people who have top 10 or 20 shows and the volume of audience that they have access to, which way exceeds our own? I mean, I'm, I'm still getting questions. They're going back and forth with videos and stuff now. I'm, I'm still getting questions about the Steven Crowder Daily Wire thing. I, I, during the break, I just had one of my buddies text me about it, who came out to Nashville to see the movie last week. And I'll just tell you what I told him. You know, I don't know either person at all. Never met or spoken to Steven Crowder in person in my life. Um, 
met Jeremy Boring very briefly when uh, I was in Burbank to do the storyboarding for Nefarious and stopped off at the Daily Wire to do an interview with Michael Knowles. And he was there. I met him very briefly. Doubt he even remembers. I don't, I don't know either one of the individuals at all. Um, and I don't have a show as popular as what those guys are negotiating over and the dollar figure. So it's just way beyond my ability to comprehend. <laughs> okay. Um, I've not had a show so worth the kinds of money that Stevens is that people would want to put those sorts of stipulations on it. <laughs> right. So I, I've, I can't even contemplate it. But what that tells me is those kinds of shows have have even substantially larger audiences than we have. And yet look at the volume of these sorts of notes that I have received. How many of these do you think they get? Like go over to the go over to the iTunes charts. Just hit the charts section on the podcast. You can see where shows are rated. Go to the news category. That's the biggest one. It'll be the first one listed. And and just go through the shows before ours. Just the ones on the right. And ask yourself, if I can get one of these notes like Catherine Anderson sent me daily, I get one of these every day and have for well over, for going on two years. How many do those other shows get and are they speaking out about it? To that end, I'm going to say something that's going to really piss off a bunch of you, and I don't care because it needs to be said because this is literally a life or death matter. And some of you need to make the determination if your pet politician matters to you more than, you know, living. How many of these do you think... The people, either Trump himself or the people high in Trump's orbit of these have gotten. Well, he's out there earlier this week denying the reality of the situation. This is literally a life and death situation. Literally. Literally. There are people within the sound of my voice right now who either won't live long enough to have the opportunity to potentially vote for Donald Trump for president again because of the shot or will lose someone close to them that they care about, like Catherine, before you have a chance to vote for Donald Trump for president again because of his shot. This is his shot. He keeps telling you this. He keeps taking ownership of it. He's bragging about it. He thinks he saved 100 million lives. Totally not true. There's ample time to size up Trump v. Biden, Trump v. Newsom, and that's assuming that's even what you get in the 2024 general. Who knows? Right now, today's January 20th, 2023. 
Isn't it more important that you're alive to get to vote in the next presidential election and the people around you that took the poison are alive to vote in the next generation or next election than it is who's actually friggin' in it? Like the old Ronald Reagan abortion argument. I've noticed that everyone who's pro-abortion has already been born, <laughs> right? There's no more important right than the right to life for if I'm not alive, I don't have any opportunity to engage any of my other God-given rights, right? Similarly, why, why do you give a turd who the 2024 GOP nominee is When if you are one of the 85% of Americans adults that took this jab, you don't know that you're the next died suddenly. You're the next collapsed suddenly. Someone close to you isn't the next died suddenly, the next collapsed suddenly. You don't know that. Long, long ass time between the first Tuesday in November of 2024 and January 20th of 2023. Plenty of time for more died and collapsed suddenly. It's plenty of time, unfortunately. We told you earlier this week about Scotland's death numbers over Christmas, their excess death numbers way ahead the last few years. Guess where their excess death numbers are over the fir- from the first week in January over the last few years? Same thing. Before we all assume the position... for our pet politician and relentlessly promote him. Do you think maybe we, without demanding, we should maybe demand a little self-awareness on his part or remorse at all? To his credit, he was right about hydroxychloroquine and, 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 um, and AZ from the very beginning. That's one of the other reasons they banned it, because he was right about it and they were trying to kill you. But if you're mad at me for pointing this out, explain to me, what is your reasoning for caring more about getting to vote in a presidential election 20 months from now that you may not be alive to see or people around you that you care about may not be alive to see than making sure you're alive to see it and they are. Can someone explain that one to me? How far gone do you freaking have to be in political idolatry to care more about the politician and voting for them than living? For goodness sakes, living's good. We have to stop these shots. We have one health department in all of America. Taking even baby steps, and they're not going far enough. They just look like freaking Richard the Lionhearted. Florida does compared to everybody else. We've got one state in the whole union. One. I see prominent MAGA names on Twitter. On one hand, these are poisonous shots. We should stop them. On the other, Trump, 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 Trump. It's his shot! He tells you it is! 
Would I rather have Donald Trump president right now than Joe Biden? I don't know. Does a bear crap in the woods, Todd? Yes. Yeah. Is the election right now? No. Are we voting right now? No. Are we going to be voting anytime soon? No. Then how about, you know what is happening right now, though, Todd? Died suddenly is happening right now. Collapsed suddenly. Happening right now. That's happening now, right? It is. So how about, here's my bright idea. How about we all do our best to make sure you're alive to vote in said election? How about we prioritize that? And you can send your idolatrous emails to I don't give a runny turd with corns in it at upyours.com. Grady Atkins writes. <laughs> was a weird segue. <laughs> From that to just a, a good sounding, good natured name like Grady. Right? You ever met a Grady who is a, just a douche? Isn't every Grady oh, actually, just a really nice guy? Actually. <laughs> actually nice. <laughs> Hi, my name is Grady Atkins, which means I already know you're nicer than me. I already know it. I already know it. Albeit, that is a low bar. My name is Grady Atkins from Davenport, Iowa. My wife actually emailed with you earlier this week about the Air Force Academy cadet football player who recently dropped dead. You know the kid. Yep. Elite of elite. The 1% of the 1%, both academically and physically, who can, first of all, get into the Air Force Academy, then second play high major college football while getting into said academy. Just collapsed walking to class. It's it a, It's a deadly walking to class season. Please do mask up. I'm in the process of trying to join the Army Reserves, but I am being told, as of just this week, that it is still a requirement for anyone entering the military to be jabbed with this poison. The lifting of the jab mandate that the Pentagon released three days ago only applies to troops that are already enlisted. That's why, remember when they, they, when, when they announced that and my tweet, Twitter response was, they've apparently poisoned them enough? That's what I meant by that. They figured they've already had, they've already loaded up the enlisted people with enough of the spike protein, lipid nanoparticles now. All right. That, but they're poisoned enough. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're marked up enough. But you knew, you knew recruits. You haven't been marked yet. That being said, I was advised to put my packet on hold and not move forward unless I am jabbed. This is crazy. Does common sense exist anymore? No. Uh, like I said, my, I, I will get tweets and emails from people who are more excited about voting for Trump for president than making sure they're alive to vote for him for president because of his poisonous jab he's proud of. So no, common sense is dead. The military is hurting for people. They are bleeding and under recruitment numbers. Should they continue to shoot themselves in the foot or jab themselves in the arm with these stupid requirements? I previously served for over nine years on active duty as an army officer. I fought in two wars with my last assignment being an aide de camp to a four to a two star general. And none of that matters because I am not jabbed. It seems the army reserves desires a piece of paper that says I'm jabbed over any military experience and education. They do Grady. They do, because what that is, they're looking to see, Grady, will you fire on me? Let's just be blunt. Yes. That's what this is about, Grady. Grady, they want to know if they hand you a gun and say, hey, those people like Steve Dace, man, are domestic terrorists, they got to go. Will you just follow orders? Because if you'll give your own bodily autonomy over to be poisoned like this out in the open, then, then that tells them that probably... 
poisoning on someone, firing on someone else isn't a bridge too far for you. It's a compliance test, brah. That's what it is. Just another layer in the magical power of vaccines. It's Thank just another PSYOP. It's just another PSYOP. As a side note, four years ago, I had GBS, which is a rare disorder where the immune system attacks the nervous system, leading to paralysis and even death. I was treated immediately and all is fine now. But my doctor advised me to never receive COVID or flu shots because they could be pathways to a GBS flare up. I'm hoping that the military would accept my medical exemption in place of the jab. But right now they are saying that's probably not likely. Grady Atkins, by the way, who's a pastor. They don't deserve you brother they don't they don't deserve you but then i know as a pastor that's why you're gonna come back to me and say you're right but that's why they call it grace i get that and just remember in case you think this is it it gets worse In, in case you think this is an incidental of the government writ large overreach remember what's increasingly coming out just in the past couple weeks that spearheading the covid response all along wasn't necessarily the healthcare agencies, but was the DOD. So this takes their level of lab rat to an even darker level. And it's, it's as Daniel has been pointing out, Daniel Horowitz has been pointing out over and over again, this regime is not stopping. I'm talking about the mRNA jab regime. Right. It's not stopping any time soon. In fact, it's expanding. You look, it was Stefan Bensel, the CEO of Moderna, just a couple of weeks ago, talking about, hey, yeah, we're testing, mixing three jab formulas together, Shh. RSV and flu. That was, a, that was a conspiracy theory six months ago. Pfizer's horse doctor notorious Albert Bourla this week. Yeah, Pfizer's we're we're working on uh on uh, on a dual vaccine, mRNA vaccine, COVID and flu. That's going to be going in and then RSV, got to get the kiddos in there too. That's going to be injected into children and babies. What could go wrong? Only everything. But we're going to do it anyway cuz there's gold in them uh veins, yo. Hmm. Gray writes, you just said on the show this week, no politicians get better as they get older. But didn't Kim Reynolds get better? Well, well unquestionably. We've, we've, unquestionably. Yeah, we've unquestionably, we've this talked is about true. this before. This is like the one exception. Yep. But I didn't make a note of it the other day when we did discuss it. So he's right to call me out on it. Now, let me also say this. Have I been a Kim Reynolds cheerleader? Yes. Has she earned the cheers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have we, are we incredibly blessed at the way she governed us during COVID compared to 99.97% of the rest of the country? And continues to, And continues to, yes. But our Department of Health is still running ads promoting these poisonous jabs. Our Department of Health is even telling pregnant women they can pass on their antibodies to their children. That's the problem, morons! That's the problem. Basically, we're advertising, and you can also diminish the capacity of your unborn child's uh, immune system, too, if you want. You can also debilitate their immune system, too, if you'd like. 
Who wouldn't want that? I had the CEO of Bank Iowa. Can we hope he might know a thing or two about how to run numbers? You should sit on the board of the school. Your, your, your kids and mine attend. Mm-hmm. He ran the death numbers in Iowa for me late last year. Our excess death numbers in Iowa are ahead in 2022, ran ahead of where they trended in the three years prior to COVID. How do you explain that? That's Steve. It's the long COVID. No, it's not. Because Iowa's COVID death numbers haven't reached double figures in a given day once in the final 280 days of 2022. It was on July 10th. That was the first time, the only time. Only time in the final 280 days of the year 2022, only once did Iowa reach double figures in deaths with COVID. It was once, July 10th. So that's not it. So then what is it? Probably a combination of things. Lack of early screenings from the shutting down of elective uh, events. We did, do, we did do that in Iowa. Every place did that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, probably some people, we have an elderly, a high elderly population. Some people missed some screenings. Absolutely. That should be factored sure. in. Sure. Sure. Think that's the sole factor for a stat like that? I'm certain it is. I'm certain. If, of course it's not. So as great as our governor has been, and I would actually say pre-jab, our governor did better than Ron DeSantis. He issued a stay-at-home order. Well, ours didn't. We were the first state in the union to bring high school sports back. But even with all that notwithstanding, as great as Kim has been, we're still pimping this poisonous jab here. Remember after the election when I said, for those that didn't want to vote for Carrie Lake because she had been mean to John McCain or Jeff Flake, you know, those highfalutin suburbanites that just, with the, the, the cul-de-sac Karens that just know more than we do, right? Especially when it comes to polite, uh, uh, politeness. Remember what I said after the election? I hope for the next, in the next four years, it's not your kid with the fentanyl OD death. But I'm sure you'll be really comforted by the knowledge that even though my kid OD'd on the fentanyl that came over my border for free, um, he didn't have to be subjected to Carrie Lake's uh, Trump slurping. I'm sure, you'll, I'm sure you'll be comforted by that at the funeral, right? Mm-hmm. Indeed. When you're not alive or someone you care about isn't alive to vote for Trump 2024, I'm sure you'll be comforted by the knowledge, okay, that we, we, we didn't do anything about this poisonous jab because we might have offended Cheeto Jesus. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by our friends over at Constitution Wealth. If you want to put your money where your values are, where your convictions are, one of the best ways to fight against what our colleague here, Aron McIntyre, refers to as the total state is to do our best to defund it by putting our wealth in front of causes and um, organizations and businesses, investing in things that aren't shaky investments, right? 
We still want you to be successful. We still want you to be prosperous, but there's a way to do it that also um, makes you more prosperous on the soul level as well. That's what our friends at Constitution Wealth do. They're a group of conservative financial uh, managers. They understand that uh, investing has also become a culture war battleground and people like us are losing. Uh, And so they want our portfolios to more accurately reflect our morals and values and not the evils that we are fighting against every day. If this sounds like a fight that you want to get engaged in, all right, you want to respect liberty and freedom, and you also want to make some bank, you can. Uh, and they can show you how to do that. At Constitution Wealth, had a chance to uh, sit down with these guys shortly before our holiday break. Man, these guys are fired up. They are a good fit for the Steve Day Show. In fact, I think one of their, I think we should maybe even have them on to talk about just financial stuff in the economy in general. Mm-hmm. Really smart. Our audience would like them a lot. Constitutionwealth.com slash Steve is where you can go. Schedule a free consultation. Won't cost you anything just to find out if it's a right fit for you. Constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Again, go to Constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Let's get back to Feedback Friday. Dominic says, I'm a big fan of yours. Love the show. Hold your views and knowledge in high regards. I know, you're, you're, I know you'd rather see DeSantis run in 2024, and I understand. I'm very conflicted because I like both Trump and DeSantis. I always look forward when Daniel Horowitz comes on and gives his opinion. He said something very interesting from what I understood, that unless you change the Republican Party as it is in Washington, with people like Mitch in charge, it doesn't matter who runs in 2024. Both candidates will be running alone with not much support, which leads me to believe that maybe Trump would be a better choice because he plays a little dirtier, and also something not a lot of people are talking about with Trump will have a full four years of governing without worrying about getting reelected. That those are interesting points. Let's 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 do this because we just hammered on the jab angle, right? I think we made our I think we made our our opinions on that matter, at least I did. I think I made my opinion on that matter very well known. Is that cr- clear? Yeah. yeah. Crystal yeah. maybe? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's set that aside for a second now since we already had that conversation and that is the higher priority. Let's have an explicitly more political conversation, an explicitly more political conversation. Okay. The idea, do you think that Dominic has a point here? That if the system in Washington is, is, as is, is irredeemable as Daniel claims, then aren't you better off sending someone there like Trump who is more of that element than someone like DeSantis? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yes. you. There may be reasons, and I've said them on the show, why DeSantis shouldn't do it. But this reason, it, he uses the word dirtier. Maybe he meant nastier, but it's not true. DeSantis, I'm, DeSantis is way nastier than Donald Trump. Donald Trump wasn't nasty enough. We kept waiting for him to get nasty across the board against this system. He got chewed up by this system. There were moments and times and what he did against the press, but that's really, that that's it's great, but it's also low-hanging fruit. And just because he's done it, it just means he's been surrounded by eunuchs this whole time. Don, uh, if, you, if you want nasty, DeSantis is your guy, not Donald Trump. I go back to, I go back, I can't remember when this was written. I think it might have been in, in, in the early part of 
2021, the now late Angelo Codvilla wrote the the piece um, about what is, I think, what is Trump to us? I think that's the name mm-hmm. of it. And I can't remember Great the piece. publication that uh, published it. Was it American Mind or something like I that? I thought American Greatness. American did. Greatness. Okay. Yeah. Yes. No, you're right. You're right about that. And it still sticks out in my mind how very quickly the swamp. Now, Donald Trump, I don't think, succumbed to the swamp. He, he did in, in certain ways very quickly. But the, the swamp quickly figured out within just a matter of months, if not weeks, Donald Trump will play ball with us. He will. They were leg- the swamp was legitimately was legitimately scared yep. of Donald Trump, but quickly figured out. Yep. Hey, we tell him Mike Flynn did this, and he'll fire him. Hey, we tell him, um, you know, uh, we're not going to do anything with you, and he'll kind of support the rhinos, Paul Ryan's of the world. They figured that out very quickly. Now, the iron, the ironic part, I should say, of of all of that is that Trump, in acquiescing as, as he did very early on, probably saved his own life, guys. He probably did. Didn't you just talk to Robert Kennedy? Mm-hmm. He probably saved his own life by by acquiescing. And yes, if Ron DeSantis is the nasty badass that he seems to be in Florida, his life will be in danger if he wins the the White House. Dude, I've openly talked about it. I hope you got a food taster. Hope you've screened his, your personal his, security. His life will be in danger. Yeah. But there's no question. Based on the record, we have a record with Donald Trump now. Based on the record, there is much greater chance that Ron DeSantis will be the bull in the china shop than Donald Trump will. All a vote for Donald Trump or support of Donald Trump does right now is hoping that he goes back with a vengeance. And this happens to any any new takeover of a party. And it doesn't happen very often, but Donald Trump and his acolytes are the establishment now. They are the establishment. And he's signaled, and, and in some ways it's, uh, in, well, most ways, it is the same as the old Republican establishment. So I, you're voting for hope right now with Donald Trump. I hope he changes. Has he ever changed? No, he has not. So I'll, I'll say this. Um, Ron DeSantis took out Disney. Donald Trump took on... Um, and took in Big Pharma and became their pitch man um, and let them poison all of us, potentially. And seems prepared to turn that up to 11. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump put Elaine Chao, McConnell's wife, in his cabinet. Trump outsourced the congressional agenda to Paul Ryan when he was House Speaker. That's why he didn't get Obamacare overturned. Um. Jared Kushner essentially was prime minister of America. Just a complete technocratic hack. I don't know how else to describe it. You remember our walk through Scott Atlas's book? We had to stop. It was so painful. Yeah, I mean, Trump appointed Christopher Wray to run the FBI, who has fully weaponized it as a partisan vehicle. I bring those things up. Now, there were also very good things that Trump did 
that are worthy of consideration yep. for him to be president again. But I, I'm only bringing up those things, Dominic, because it's in relationship to your specific question, which is who's more na- who's nastier in taking on the system. I don't even think this is close. Agreed. I, I just don't even think it's like a debatable point. And then you have the fact that he doesn't have to seek re-election. Well, you could also point out that he's a lame duck. Look how he struggled to get his agenda moved by any measure other than executive order when he was president and Republicans had control for the first half of his term. What happens when he's a lame duck? Hey, he's only in here for one term. Just humor him, patronize him. I mean, here's the reality. Here's the reality of your specific question. Because I, I could make other questions and make other points that, that would be more favorable to Trump. I just don't think that the question you're asking me is. Okay. The three greatest current threats in my view, that we face and the aftermaths that they created. Lockdowns. The precedents that were set there, the damage that was done there that we're paying for now, economically, um, mental health on every front. He was on the wrong side of those. 15 days to flatten the curve, 30 days to slow the spread. Number two, the poisonous jab. The ushering in of a two-tiered society, the idea that you literally can't buy and sell in America, can't engage in commerce, can't have a job without being an experiment in their biomedical fascist state. He proudly authored that. Number three, the weaponization of the FBI. He appointed the guy who weaponized it fully in Christopher Wray. So for your specific argument... I, I just, if I'm Ron DeSantis, I actually want the argument to be who will be nastier to these people. I, I would like that argument. I'd be totally in favor of that argument. That's the argument I want to have. If I'm Ron DeSantis, the argument I don't want to have, which because I because I can explain it away, but it but it's a little cloudier to some people. I have to explain to people why I have this these these accomplishments, and yet Paul Ryan wants me to be president over Donald Trump. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the conversation I don't want to have, because that's where Trump does well is when things are cloudy, and he can kind of operate in that murky area. And Trump can call him establishment and everything else while he's, you know, whipping votes for Rana right now to be RNC chair, according to Ned Ryan. Ned Ryan is whipping votes for Harmeet Dillon for RNC chair. I know that for a fact. And Ned's been a pretty vocal Trump supporter, man. And he tweeted out just an hour ago that Trump's organization is whipping votes for Rana to be RNC chair over his own attorney and Harmeet. It's not neutral at all. Those are, is that not exactly what Ned retweeted or tweeted? That's exactly what he tweeted. So if I'm Trump, I want this to kind of be this cloudy. I want it to be like it was with Cruz in 2016, where I get to call Heidi Cruz a, um, a, a hack for Goldman Sachs while I'm taking advice from Steve Bannon, who used to work at Goldman Sachs. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to I live in that area. I don't want the kinds of questions that Dominic is asking that have very stark, clearly defined answers. 
That's what Ron DeSantis wants. Any thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, only take again how obvious all of this is. I, again, the, Trump had his moment. You, you mentioned in it. I, I I like Donald Trump. Listen, I, I don't. I didn't want him to be president the first time. He's obviously uh, had a record and was better the alternative. Uh, the second time but here in light of having the option of DeSantis I don't you dear letter writer with all due respect you're caught in an unnecessary gray area you don't have to shop there all right and if you want the best possible version of Trump staying parked in that gray area isn't actually helping Donald no Trump, Trump responds to leverage absolutely yes. he reacts to leverage you bet you're far more inclined to get Trump's attention on these jabs because of the Florida grand jury than by just hoping and praying that he finally, you know, enough of these uh, events happen that he comes correct. Trump responds to leverage. Now, I'll also say this. If Ron DeSantis does not run, which would shock me, but if he does not run, I, I, I don't think there's another candidate in the Republican field who has any reasonable shot of being president that I could morally justify voting for period like even in a general it's it's essentially just it's the it's completely the unibrow trump even in this diminished capacity and state still represents one of the few vital threats to the status quo one of the few vital disruptions to the status quo ain't what it was billed to be ain't what it's you know what it was hyped up to be but it's still way beyond any of the other options we have for mainstream disruption. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Totally. Hey, before we get out of here, a reminder about our friends over at Preborn. We were proud to partner with them last year. And uh, between the work that we and others did here, partnering with Preborn here at The Blaze a year ago, we helped them save over 50,000 babies last year. And then this year, we're, we're hoping that maybe we can make that number grow even more. Uh, over the course of its ministry, Preborn has stopped 200,000 women from killing their babies. How did they do it? Well, first, they made sure they were aware that they were carrying a baby. They let them hear that heartbeat, see that ultrasound. But then they understood that there's a challenge here of being an unwed mother, a single mother in crisis, like my mom was. Um, and it's the counseling they provide after the fact. It's the mentoring. It's the provision from car seats to uh, other prenatal needs. They understand here that, that you need to love them both, just, not just the baby, but also the mama. And that's why I wanted to, to partner with them. And I think that's why they've been so successful. Uh, here's how they do it, because they do all these things for free. And so they need donations from people like us. 100% of your donation will go to Saving Babies. If you want to make that donation, go to pound 250 right now, pound 250 uh, on your mobile phone and uh, type in the word baby when you do. Or this is just a lot easier if you want to do that. Uh, preborn.com slash Steve. Preborn.com slash Steve. Any final thoughts before we get out of here today? I think when it comes to, you know, your commentary on what Ron DeSantis would not like to talk about, you know, why does Paul Ryan support you? That doesn't even work anymore 
with Trump? Why did you support Kevin McCarthy and try to whip up? There's always that deflection as well. So I agree, but it takes a little bit more explaining than a simple statement. And it takes, you know, it takes the shine off just a little bit as well. But I, I don't think I don't think there's any one silver bullet. I think that's the point for Ron DeSantis right now. Not saying he's Teflon Don or Teflon Ron, but I don't think there's a magic bullet. Like, there kind of seems to be shaping up to be with Donald Trump. In in the jab, you mean? In the jab. Yeah. Any final thoughts from you? On anything? Uh, well, again, Ron DeSantis, um, he's not uh, Jesus. Uh, and no Agreed. And no one's saying he is. But again, he, he keeps showing up to the high-stakes poker table and cleaning that pot, all right? Pay attention. Put your likes, your dislikes aside. Just evaluate what's actually going on. No groupieism. Well said. That'll do it for us this week here on the show. We'll stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.